Good morning. Yeah, it was, uh, it was quite a week, as you can see. Thanks, Allison, again, and your team for an amazing uh, vacation Bible school. <clears throat> um, really, what I got to do is greet people at the door, the South Door families that were coming in. And it was kind of fun because the first day, uh, several of the kids would come in like very sheepishly, like, I don't know if I want to be here. This is scary. And then you know, the Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, they're running in because they want to be here. There's so much excitement. And I'll tell you what, that doesn't look like the VBS I went to when I was a kid. You know what I'm saying? I also didn't know you can just have your own Amazon list. So I can just start an Amazon list and then you guys give to that? Is that, that's pretty cool. Thank you for your uh, faithfulness in that. You, all of us together collectively were help, help to uh, work on the mission, vision, and values of our church. So thank you. Appreciate that. If you have a Bible, we're going to be in John 14, verses 5 and 6. John 14, verses 5 and 6. If you need a Bible, we've got ushers coming down the aisles. Slip a hand up. They'll get one to you. You can use that. Take it home if you need it. You can also scan the QR code. <clears throat> but let me say again, thank you for uh, being here this morning in person for worship and those who are joining us online. Michaela is our youngest daughter. And <clears throat> one time for her birthday... She decided to go to a thrift store and uh, she decided to pick out all these crazy wacky clothes and that she would wear them and Brianna, her older sister, would wear them and Lori would wear them out in the public and that was part of the, the birthday experience. And uh, my job was to just drive them around and be with them. And so I'm talking crazy clothes uh, and that you wouldn't normally be seen in. <clears throat> and so we went to one of these golf places one time and, and we walked in and I was behind them. It was just fun to see people see them and look at them and kind of do double takes and that sort of thing. And, and finally we got over to where we could hit golf balls and, and our waitress said, hey, I just need to remind you guys only one person can go past the red line at a time. And by the way, the net is 350 yards and you, only get, you can only hit it over the net three times. If you hit over the net three times, then we have to disqualify you. So <clears throat> there goes half of my golf bag. Um, so the reason I tell you that story is this. In order to do something like that, in order for them to dress crazy and to be out in public, in order for me to be okay to be with them, there's a hurdle that we had to get past. We had to stop caring what other people think. And to be a follower of Christ, one of the key things, and we'll learn this this morning, is we have to stop caring about what other people think in order to be sold out, in order to be a Christ follower. John 14 begins in verse 5. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Good question. Jesus answered in verse 6. Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and you have seen him. And it continues on, verse eight. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip? Even after I've been among you for such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who's doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. 
There are many ways to skin a cat. There are many ways to crack an egg. In fact, um, I have trouble cracking eggs. I don't know what it is, but I always get the eggshells in the eggs. And so um, I saw this video one time that uh, they took an egg and they had a pan and they just dropped the egg and the egg busted perfectly. And then you pick up the shell and there's the egg. And, and it was one of those videos that was kind of like, how did I not know this my entire life? You know what I mean? And so I tried it. It does not work. <clears throat> there's many ways to grill a steak. And there used to be, as Pastor Jonah said, many ways you could get to church and find our parking lot, right? It's gonna get worse. Today, we are attempting to tackle Christianity and some of the claims within the belief system. Is Christianity unique? Or is it simply just a variation of a basic theme running through all world religions? Here are a few of the possibilities that we need to consider. When I say these, please hear, don't hear me say that this is what I'm saying, this is what things we need to think through. Muslim, Buddhist, Hindu, Mormon, and Jehovah Witness, just to name a few of the world religions, worship the same God as we do, just with a different name, question mark. In other words, Allah, Buddha, and Jehovah are all the same person. Secondly, Every religion in the end leads to the same God who just wears a different mask depending on which road you choose. Third, Christianity and the belief system we follow is just one option of the many ways to God. Remember, we're in a series, true or false, all roads lead to God. Or to sum it up, there are many roads up the mountain, but they all lead to the top. There's quite a, an appeasing movement all around the world today and it's called universalism. Essentially, it's teachings of force, the idea that there are many ways and many roads that all lead to the same God, to the same heaven. How many times have you heard the phrase, I would say even in the last year, I've heard it so many times on TV and just in conversation. How many times have you heard the phrase lately, just ask the universe or the universe knows best or the universe is looking out for you. I have no idea what that means. The key to universalism is that one must believe whatever he or she decides to believe and you have to believe it with all of your heart. Be dedicated to it, commit yourself to it and eventually whether you're Hindu or, or Muslim or Mormon or Jehovah Witness or Christian Science or Christian or Muni or Hare Krishna, no matter what you believe under the philosophy of universalism, all roads lead to the same place. It's kind of like Google Maps. If I was going from here to California, like I am this afternoon, but I was, let's say I was driving, I would, I would say I'm going to California. It would give me 10 different options and I would just click on one of them. That's the idea behind universalism. The universalist way of thinking is we have all just chosen to worship differently. That way of thinking, friends, is of the evil one. As long as the evil one can get people to think that all roads lead to the same God and to one place, then he has again accomplished what he is absolutely an expert at, deception. This way of thinking is a common perception today in our age of tolerance, which most everything is tolerated except for intolerance. 
And the ultimate intolerance in many people's mind is saying that, that not all roads lead to the same God or that there, are, there is only one God or there's only one way to get to him. If all roads lead to the same God and, and to heaven, then we have just chosen one of the many ways of getting there. Jesus then is no different than Reverend Sung Young Moon of the Moonies or Joseph Smith of the Mormons or Allah of the Muslims or for that matter, David Koresh of the, the compound in Waco, Texas. He's no different. It is true that many people object the Christian claim that Jesus is the only way to God. First, many believe this kind of thinking fails to respect all people and, and all other religions. And secondly, it fails to appreciate the value of sincerity. Because if someone is sincerely worshiping the wrong God, surely the true God would excuse their behavior. Jesus, in the Gospel of John, made seven declarations about himself. He said, I am the bread of life. He said, I am the light of the world. I am the gate for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. And then the next one that we're looking at today, he says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So assuming that there is a God... Assuming there is only one God, assuming there is life after death, assuming there is a way to spend eternity with the Father in heaven, assuming a follower of Christ is right in their thinking, assuming that a follower of Christ is right in their belief, assuming the Bible is accurate in all that it says, assuming that Jesus was no wacko prophet or one among many, assuming that Jesus was, was not just one among many prophets and he truly is the son of God, assuming all of those things, if we're willing to adhere to all of those assumptions, then the verse that we will look at today is such a profound statement that it's what separates Christianity from all other religions. It's the words of Christ in John 14, six, that give us peace regarding our belief in God and the way that we say that we get to God. It is his claim that makes it possible for people to believe in him alone and to receive eternal life. Number one, if you're following along, Jesus said, I am the way. First part of verse six. Jesus answered Thomas' question, I am the way. So first of all, there's some groundwork that we have to lay regarding this truth. Jesus did not just claim to know the way and the truth and the life. He claimed to be all three of them. There's a significant difference between to know and to be. To accurately understand verse six, one must understand what exactly Jesus was responding to. In verse five, Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going. So how can we know the way? Thomas had just finished asking a profound question to which Jesus responds to in verse six. Thomas, who is also known as the doubter of the group, asked Jesus a question that was straightforward, it was honest, maybe a little pessimistic. Thomas in that moment of time was most likely in a very confused state and so he was just being honest with Jesus. All religions lead to a God, their own version of God. But what sets Christianity apart from other religions is Jesus Christ 
Christ and his claims. Jesus is either a way or he is the way. The only reason a Christian can say that Jesus is the way and the only way a Christian can say that he's the only way to God is because the Bible says that he's the only way. The idea of Jesus being the only way to God is not something someone just thought up in order to simplify it, in order to water it down so we could get our minds around it. Like if we just remove everything else or every other option or the process of elimination, if we could just remove all those things, yeah, Jesus is the only way, then maybe we could make sense of it. Jesus is the only way because God said he's the only way. And so we have a choice. Do we believe our culture, much of whom say all roads lead to heaven and Jesus is just one of the ways that people choose or do I believe, do we believe God in his word that says Jesus is the way and he's the only way, I'm gonna side with God. A person cannot say, I believe in the Bible and then say, Jesus is just one of the ways. To think of Jesus as the way many will say is intolerant. How can you say that Jesus is the only way? How can you say that? They would say that's ridiculous, that's prideful, that's narrow-minded. How can you say that you are right and everyone else is wrong? Allow me to let you in on just a little secret. Every other religion thinks their way is the right way and that others do not follow the truth. If we call Christianity intolerant, we must call all religions intolerant. Do you think that a person who who lives their entire life for Allah or Buddha thinks that we Christians can get to Allah or Buddha by following the road of Christianity and Jesus? By believing in Jesus, it's not saying that you're right. It's saying that Jesus is right. The attention isn't on you, it's on Jesus. And I think that that's a really important thing to remember. Acts 4.12, listen to this. Salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. So Jesus' solution to the complexity of life is not a recipe that one has to follow like this recipe, rather his solution is a relationship. Jesus first said to Thomas, I know the way to heaven and if you just listen to me, I will tell you. It's not what he said. He said, I am the way. And there's a big difference. Jesus was claiming to be the only way, not just one option among many, the way. There is no other way one can receive eternity. Please hear when I say that. Jesus was claiming in order to spend eternity in heaven, you must go through him, period. There is no room for discussion. Case closed. He stands, Jesus. Jesus stands between humanity and eternity. 
every person will resolve what they believe about Jesus. They will either accept him as truth or deny him as truth. Secondly, Jesus said, I am the truth. Second part of verse six. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Not only does Jesus claim to be the way, he also claims to be the truth. Many people will say, why don't we just let everyone believe in God? Why do we have to bring Jesus into the conversation? Let's just agree on God and let's just leave Jesus out of it. Listen to TV, listen to the talk shows, and if they get on the topic anywhere close to religion or spirituality or heaven, the word used in the discussion is always God. Just this generic version of God. Rarely will you ever hear anything about Jesus. And the more that we can keep the topic of religion and spirituality at a nebulous, uh, undefined, surfacey level and only address the topic of God, the more we can allow people to determine for themselves what that means if we leave it vague. I'm not suggesting that God is surfacy, but in the discussion of God, when he is never defined, is surfacy. If a person can talk about God but never define him, never mention the name of Christ, they believe they can remain safe and tolerant and accepting of other people's undefined view of God. Let's not be afraid of using the name of Jesus. Let's live unashamed, amen? If we can just leave Jesus out of it, then we could just allow people to make up their own idea of God, their own belief system, their, their own way to God. Then we could, we could all see eye to eye and there would be no more debate as to who has the real truth. In the study, The Truth Project, I don't know if anybody went through that, it's probably 20 years old. Anybody remember that at all, a few of you? The Truth Project was kind of popular about, I don't know, maybe it was 20 years ago or so. A question was asked. Why was Jesus born? Why did he come to the earth? I'm gonna give you five seconds just to wrestle with that in your own mind. Why was Jesus born? When Jesus was on trial, he stood before Pilate, and that's where I want to pick it up in John 18, 37. You are a king then, said Pilate. Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. Everyone on this side of truth listens to me. the Roman Empire was relatively tolerant of those that they conquered. As long as taxes were being paid and trade was uninterrupted and armies were able to pass through, Jesus was being accused of things the Romans would not allow to pass. The term king that was being thrown around was the very thing that Pilate needed clarification on because king suggested power and position, all of which were a major threat to Pilate. 
The Enlightenment era, truth is all around us and is in us. The Industrial Revolution suggested science could define truth for us. Modernism has taught us to be skeptical of all truth, suggesting it's a social construct. Postmodernism suggests each person can make up their own truth. Jesus was drawn a line. He said, on this side of truth, imagine in the sand, he drew a line. He said, on this side of truth, He's speaking of himself. The very reason Jesus came was to have his entire life, his entire death, his entire resurrection testified to the truth. There is one God and there is one way to God and he said, I am that way. A friend of mine was recently at an event which I'll leave nameless and as he wandered around, he came across a tent that was Uh, representing one of the mainline denominations in our country. He engaged a man in a conversation who was at the tent to answer questions. And as they talked, it was quickly apparent uh, to my friend, who who is a solid believer, that this man was a universalist. The man clearly believed in God, in heaven, and even in Jesus as the savior of the world. At first glance, everything seemed okay, and it sounded good until he said that Jesus dies for everyone and it didn't matter what you believed or what religion you were or uh, that everyone was a part and everyone was going to heaven regardless. This man, however, was willing to not only say all roads lead to God, to heaven, but he also went a step further and said Jesus died for everyone and everyone is going to heaven no matter what. Now we've brought Jesus into the mix. And now the universalist, even when Jesus is brought into the conversation, has an explanation saying, Jesus, a savior, chose all mankind no matter what you believe, but mankind does not have to choose him. If in fact there are many ways to God, then why did Jesus come to the earth to die? If there are other ways to God, then, then God could have spared his own son and said, just choose another option. And it seems to me that God went through a lot of work to send his one and only son to die for our sins on the cross if in fact he's only an option. Is he truth or isn't he? In John 14, six, we see that truth is a person. It's the person of Jesus Christ. So truth isn't what you believe. It isn't a true or false kind of concept. Jesus said, I am truth. Truth is embodied in me. He's the standard of truth. He doesn't just know it, he is it. And when we believe that Jesus is truth and that his claims are valid for us today, we cannot be talked out of it or persuaded from it because we have experienced it ourselves. If he is truth on Sunday morning, then he's truth on Monday and Tuesday and every day. The deeper question is this, is he or is he not who he claims to be? That's what it comes down to. Will he or will he not do what he claims? Did he go to the cross for the sin in your life or didn't he? Is he all powerful or isn't he? 
Does he know everything about you or doesn't he? Is the word of God complete and full of truth or isn't it? Is Jesus really the son of God or is he not? Does he have the power to free us from the bondage of sin or doesn't he? I want you to hear this statement. Let the truth of what we claim penetrate our lives that we may live as though we believe what we claim. Let the truth of what we claim penetrate our lives that we may live as though we believe what we claim. Someone once said, what God's son has told me, take for true I do. Truth himself speaks truly or there's nothing true. This is the why, this is the why to the question. Why do we gather here on Sunday morning to worship? Why does Kendra gather on Wednesday evening at seven o'clock? Why does our youth group gather? Why do we have VBS? Why, 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 why? Because Jesus Christ is the truth. 25 kids accepted Jesus this week as the truth. Some of our teens are in Chicago right now because Jesus is the truth. You are a believer in Christ because Jesus is the truth. Jesus said, I am the life, the last part. I want to give you a couple other scriptures here that, that kind of um, support what he says. John 1, 4, he says, in him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. John 5, 26, for as the father has life in himself, so he has granted the son also to have life in himself. John 10, 10, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. John 10, 28, I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. He is the life because he is not subject to death, but death is subject to him. The death of Jesus was not the end. His death was the beginning of life. The life that Jesus claims to be is the abundant life that he says is available to us as believers. While we remain here on this earth, he's saying, I am the life. In me, you will find abundant life, and then you will find eternal life. A believer in Christ never really dies. Our physical bodies, otherwise known as a tent in scripture, will eventually return to the earth. Our life, however, is not concealed within this temporary piece of flesh. Our life, the life that Christ speaks of, is in him. He is eternal. Our residency in heaven is for those who believe. We're just on earth visiting. It's not a dream vacation, is it? As I have said on different occasions, this life here on earth is not about living. It's about dying. We are here for a short time only to die to ourselves and to receive life in Christ. So wrestle with this. Life is about death and death is really about life. Life is about death to self and when we die to self, we find life. And for the believer, that is. Is there anyone here this morning that doesn't know Jesus?
Is there anyone here that doesn't know Jesus as the way, the truth, and the life? My guess is, looking over a crowd this size, there are absolutely people here who don't know Jesus. There are absolutely people here that if you die on the way home from church, because you don't know Christ, you will not spend eternity with God in heaven. Some people say, well, my circumstances are really hard. They're really rough. I need Jesus. Some people say, um, I feel hopeless, really, really hopeless. I need Jesus. Some people say, I have a lot of needs. I need Jesus. Friends, those are all things, those are all ways that God uses in our life. to show us Jesus. They are not the way we come to Jesus. They're the things in our life that as God is working and causing and allowing different things in our life, he's revealing to us and allowing us to see we need a savior. You need a savior. And Jesus stands between humanity and eternity. And he says, there's only one way and you have to go through me. Because on this side of truth is the only truth. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus, that's all that matters. That's all that matters for you right now. I wanna pray and um, I want to trust that the Holy Spirit is working maybe in some people's lives right now and there are folks in the room that need to surrender your life to Christ. And maybe this will be the first day that John 14, 6 makes sense to you. There are also people in the room that are believers and um, maybe you have opened yourself up to the idea that Jesus isn't the only way. And you've been reminded this morning that, that scripture is truth. It does not lie, it does not deceive. And that we have to live, stop, and not care about what everybody else thinks. It only matters what Jesus thinks. Unbeliever in the room, if the Lord should lead you, would you pray with me in the quietness of your heart? God, today I have um, been awakened through the Holy Spirit that Jesus Christ, your son, came to this earth. He died on the cross for my sins. And the way to God the Father, the way to eternity, sure, you can use my circumstances or hopelessness or my needs to awaken in me, but the way to get there is to surrender my life to you and to be able to say to you, Father, I am a sinner. And my sin is in the way. My sin is keeping me from knowing you. Jesus, you died for my sin. I want to repent 
of my sin. I want to turn away from a lifestyle that is opposing you. And I want to receive you, Jesus, as my Lord and Savior today. I want to be a child of God's. I want to be adopted today. I want to be in God's family today. Thank you, Jesus, for your clarity and for your words of truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, if you're here this morning and maybe you prayed that quietness in in your heart, would you just let somebody know, let a friend know, let a family member know, come find me and let me know. We'll rejoice with you. Thank you.